Last week, we were looking at the economic aspects of the question, to what extent is the Belt and Road Initiative's continuity sustainable? Carrying on from the previous episode, we will now dive into the political aspects of the BRR and understanding geopolitical aspects and reactions to the initiative. We will ask the question on whatever BRR will have any significant international blowback. Now, we will structure this through myself going through the positive political aspects and Baron going through the negative political aspects. Now, the first positive political aspect is that all the ship harbours that are being constructed are also designed in a way that gives the possibility for them to be changed into full working naval bases if required. This is beneficial in the interests of China in defending itself. It allows greater control over the Indian and Pacific Ocean. This regulatory requirement combined with strict contracts shows a possibility for China to use these projects to increase her security and defence power uh, in her trade paths. An example where China has benefited from these contracts despite is when Sri Lanka lost their harbour to China for 99 years because of their failure to pay their debts. On the other hand, these possibilities also create tensions between China and Quad NATO states, as it is giving a geopolitical advantage to China in the possible future conflict zones and trade routes. This tension have possibility to turn to a trade war, just like the US-China trade war that started with Trump that resulted with a significant slowdown in Chinese economic growth with failing to 6.1%. Now, these BRI investments are also helping China shift the current status quo regarding global influence, and this helps China to have more support in UN votes, as well as more powerful political pressure on countries with territorial or diplomatic conflicts. There is significant evidence regarding UN voting patterns of BRI partner countries, which show direct correlation between being in the BRI with supporting votes for China in certain policies. In that regard, China is also using BRI projects as a legitimizing base for their own policies to guarantee a less sort of interference from global organizations such as the UN. Another issue is NATO recently declared China as a threat. Quad organization is getting more concrete. The more aggressive and dominant foreign policy of China is creating more likeness for the Western nations to develop a collective action to work against Chinese growing power. These new elements can be seen as the legitimizing base that the Western powers will be using to take their public support to fund for investment that will be used to reduce Chinese global influence and to create rivals to the Belt and Road Initiative. Now, of course, China is still top of the world in many industries. And if the West is not going to be a part of that process, it could lead to economic stagnation in those countries as seen post-2008 financial crisis in countries like the UK. Now, China is still top of the world in machinery involved with computers, electrical machinery, equipment, uh, furniture, toys and games, articles of iron or steel, as well as clothing and plastic. Maybe European economy is slowing down, just like the US economy but it is still an important economic hub. As well as this, in the last G7 meeting, the member nations detailed their plans to make a 600 billion investment plan 
called global infrastructure and investment to rival China's growing influence in the global field. This new investment plan and their collective agreements on rivaling the Belt and Road Initiative shows great significance as it will possibly give another new choice to the countries which are in the BR to be able to choose in place of choosing Chinese investments. However, where will the money come from? External debt for the US is 102% of its GDP. For the UK it's even higher, around 300%. Now, after suffering high inflation after COVID, printing more money cannot seem to be the solution. There are questions raised about the time period in which the Western BRI equivalent would be able to compete at the same level as the BRI. There is also no clear explanation or list of projects or the countries that will be contracted, even though it has already been two years that the announcement of the plan has been made. This downgrades the reliability of the plan itself, even if it somehow works, this arguably would raise competition, pushing the BRI to become faster and more effective, and so on. China also has been having some issues with its maritime neighbors, such as getting in small-scale border conflicts because of the modern border issues with ASEAN countries, such as Vietnam, Philippines, Malaysia. And the amount of this conflict growth, it will result with these countries changing their direction for towards the West. The US also seems quite interested in regaining their regional influence over the Belt and Road partner countries, such as these three. And one way to do it can be to push these countries towards himself. Such example can be seen in Nepal, who approved a 500 million aid from US just recently under the light of their Belt and Road Initiative plans that they science signed are quite slow still, and their construction hasn't been improving in the last five years. So now China has been trying to economically integrate the region deeper with agreements such as the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. Now, this eliminates 90% of tariffs between all the member states. The member, sta the member states of this agreement are the Asian countries, China, South Korea, Japan, New Zealand and Australia. As the biggest market in this partnership, this new deal will certainly give China a greater influence on the economic side of the region and it will bound their economies together, making them more interdependent. Now, this is all due to the BRI. Not only will this allow better political relationships due to better economic relationships, it is shown that the EU version has collectively helped to bear that the bankrupted Greece in 2015 and in this new Asian economic partnership, China will be able to do the same with the other countries. Corruption also has been another aspect that's quite important. It should be recognized as a fundamental problem in the BRR. Many of these investment plans has been reported for bribing local governments in Africa and South Asia. Such examples can be seen most significantly with President Mahinda Rajat Paska, with Chinese VR companies has done some economic help for his election. With Malaysian PM Najib Razak has also been found inflating BBR project costs to gain economic leverage with the help of these Chinese firms. These cases give possibility for these countries to decide to move down from BR when changing the government, or for more democratic countries to prefer not to decide to join for the fear of corruption scandals. So, this has been this week's 
podcast episode on the BRI. We shall see you next time for the third episode. Have a good day. Have a good day.